On this episode of the High Quality Fun Podcast, we talk to Charlie, a downhill longboarder who spends his free time bombing the mountains throughout Europe at 70 plus miles per hour. In this episode, we talk about how the community surrounding longboarding has shaped his life and has given him an appreciation for the beauty of the world. Hear how Charlie has established lifelong friendships with people all over the world through this high velocity sport and how each year he takes a multi-week road trip across Europe to hit up all the events. It's a story of a man and his board that you don't want to miss. Stay tuned and enjoy the episode. I'm Carlos, I'm half Swiss and half Spanish. I grew up in Bern, which is the capital of Switzerland. Uh, I spent uh, my 10 first years and then I moved uh, to Mallorca. And it was here where I started to to practice this sport. But uh, the roots, uh, uh, they, they started to grow up in Switzerland because uh, my best friend, Loris, uh, shout out to him, uh, was always my friend that uh, showed me new hobbies, like new stuff to do. So, um, Yes, since we were kids, uh, we luckily are still friends. Uh, he always showed me something new. So he was like my my main fountain of inspirations. And well, we started like doing a lot of, of stuff, like even playing Pokemon. Then we started to play with the Diablo. Then we started to play Jojo, which is also very interesting. I also got a lot into the into yo-yo like uh, i went also to competitions in spain i got the third in of spain in 2014 if i'm not wrong so yeah it was always funny because he always discovered something new to do so when he showed me that new thing he he was always uh, way more better than than me so um um, his level was definitely better than than mine at the beginning and we arrived to a point where we had more or less the same level and then he normally started to do something different because he was already bored of what we were doing in that moment so i started to get very good and well for example with some other hobbies i also stopped and never did it again but for example, with yo-yoing, I I arrived very far away. I even had a pro model uh, with the American brand called the uh, Yo-Yo Factory. And yeah, it was also very funny. So one once uh, one day he introduced me into longboarding, but just longboarding, like not downhill skateboarding. So he just both uh, loaded uh, Tantion like loaded is a very famous brand in the longboarding world and i actually both. have that exact board downstairs the tantian yes <laughs> that that was like the board he bought and what well, he bought it with the intention of of sliding like he wanted to learn how to slide and in that moment he thought like the loaded tantian would be one of the best uh, boards to to try this and it it was not like that like now that i have a lot of knowledge about this sport uh, i think i couldn't be able to do what i do with the load of tantian but yeah it was so mainstream that we thought like yeah this board we need it and when we when we got it uh, we will learn very easy how to slide and all that stuff so yeah, we even started to build our own gloves because at this point we didn't know where we could buy the gloves. So we just bought like normal gloves and we also bought a, a cutting table and we chopped it into a circular uh, form and we just glued it and yeah, we just uh, started to to practice like like that. So yeah, for yeah, the he, listeners, uh, for the listeners, if you get into the sport, they everyone wears gloves and they have these plastic or urethane pucks on them, and 
So as you're bombing these hills, you can actually touch the pavement with these pucks and slide and maneuver your body around. And when I was getting into it, we were doing the same thing, right? I would go in my dad's garage, take uh, a sawzaw or a saw and cut a cutting board, just a plastic cutting board into the shapes that you want. And then you take a hot glue gun and you just glue it onto some gardening gloves that you bought from Home Depot. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, that's that's exactly how I learned. You'd make good pairs and they'd work for you know a year or two and you'd make really crappy ones and just burn holes through them real quick. Yeah. I think that's some something that everybody did or most of the current riders we have or riders that are not riders anymore. But uh, yeah, it was like the cheap version to to see if you like the sport and so you don't waste too much money in something that you maybe won't use that much. So yeah, we just started like that. Then I went back to to Mallorca. Like I was living in Mallorca already, but uh, my dad is still living in Switzerland. So sometimes I I go to see to to visit him, and I also see my my close friends I have since always. So yeah, when I went once, he showed me this uh, sport, and then I came back to Mallorca, and I told myself like, okay, I'm gonna buy a longboard. Because uh, my friend has one, and I also want to have one, and I want to keep doing it. So, yeah, that's how I started. And I was very shy at the beginning when when I already got into the downhill culture in a way. Because I started to to see a lot of videos on on YouTube, and uh, yeah, and. It was getting way and way more interesting for for me. So, just the watching videos uh, was a good way to learn and also to see uh, which gear everybody is riding. And yeah, then I also discovered like the first uh, shops that were like selling proper uh, downhill skateboarding products like wheels, uh, trucks, and boards and yeah then uh once when i went to a shop like i i bought a really bad longboard but then i i went also for the loaded tantians because i was like okay my friend has a loaded tantian so i also have to want to have to i also need a, a loaded tantian and i didn't even think about another board i was just like okay i want to get the exact same one so fuck it and yeah and then i i just started to cruise around because i think that at the beginning everybody needs to know how to ride on the board like it doesn't matter if you are sliding or not you just have to to discover how the balance works on on the board and all that stuff so yeah i was just cruising most of the time around my city and then once when i went back to the shop where i bought some other stuff uh, they told me that there's like a famous trait called the uh, sonrapiña and uh, yeah um, one of these guys that worked in the shop told me that uh, normally on friday there's a lot of people uh, skating like it was like a tradition like uh, finishing school like at 3 p.m something like that go home uh, grab some lunch and go to the hill so yeah once i decided to go but there was like so many people that i i felt very shy and i i knew that they were skating way more better than than i so um, yeah it took me a few times to to arrive there and stay there like i always went with the mentality and then when i arrived i was like so nervous and shy that i always had like an excuse to tell myself like okay you should better leave than stay here <laughs> but yeah and after a few times um, also some people like since the beginning the the community always treated me super good like even when I was just arriving, they were already coming to me and saying hello and just asking me who I am and 
yeah nice to meet you come skate more with us uh, we are always here and sometimes we go to some other roads and all that stuff so yeah that, that after a few times going there i already started to stay there and be part of the sessions they were doing on friday and yeah like honestly the basic stuff you can learn it on a straight like you don't need anything else you learn how to carve how to do like the most basic slides you need to know and from from this level you just start to improve everything it's basically that and also i think it's the way you need to do it because i think that this uh, sport has always or had sometimes like a bad vision because uh, a lot of people also tries this sport and uh, thinks that they already got confident like very fast like i oh, know I'm, I'm already skating for two months i already know how this works and then uh, suddenly they just have a very bad accident and they do it in very bad conditions without safety without a proper gear to to practice it and yeah i think that um, in mallorca also we had sometimes a bad vision of the sport from foreign people that doesn't know anything about it because they didn't practice it in the in the correct way like I also tell that because um, I'm now skating for uh, for 10 years already and the worst accident I had was a road rush and I never broke anything and I always think twice what I'm gonna do because uh, if you if you are into uh, street skating for example I think it's very difficult to die while you practice it obviously you can break a way more easy a bone or whatever but uh, when you are like doing such an extreme sport you really have to think what you're doing because maybe if you if you fall while street skating you are injured maybe for six months but uh, de depending on the conditions you have when you are downhill skateboarding uh, downhill skating you can even die so i was like dude i want to do this for the rest of my life and do it like in a healthy way so yeah um, i also saw a lot of people crashing and having uh, bad accidents people that died i skated also roads where people died which is not like this is not uh, something common but i i skated two roads where people died but uh, yeah i also think that a lot of these people that died they died because they they didn't know what they what they were risking like they they were not paying the attention the, the attention they need to to pay and uh, yeah that's when the bad thing happens and obviously it's an extreme sport there's always uh, danger and there, there can there can always like there's always the possibility that something goes wrong especially because there's also stuff that you cannot control but um i say like try to practice it as as safe as much as safe as you can like and I guarantee you that you will uh, enjoy this sport for a lot of years. Like uh, maybe I go skate tomorrow and now I have a very bad accident. I don't know, but I will always take care of myself because I like it, but I also like to, to live and enjoy my life in general. So, yeah. Yeah, for me, I when I was doing it, I was not going nearly as fast as you. A lot of the stuff I was doing was just like uh, small hills in Michigan and I've broken three bones. I broke, I broke this wrist. I got scars and plates and stuff in it. I don't know if you can see oh, that. Mm -hmm. And I busted my collarbone. I got a broken collarbone. Oh, yeah. from, uh, that's from that's very common. Failing. That's very common. Yeah. yeah like I, I thought I was, 
I thought I was doing it safely too, because I was taking my time, you know, learning how to get used to my gloves, how to slide, but you know, accidents happen. So that's, that's awesome that you're, you're able to go 70 miles per hour and feel totally in control of everything. Um, Before this call, before this call, we were talking about some of the stuff that you do now when you're bombing those hills with your friends, like what, what actually goes into making sure that you get down to the bottom of the hill in one piece. I, I know you got, a lot of protocols you go through to make sure that everything's safe on the way down when you have blind corners and whatnot. Yeah, that's good. That's good that you ask me that because sometimes people has like a very uh, a very bad vision of it because they think that we are just uh, some random guys uh, bombing a hill without safety measures and anything. But yeah, it's not the truth. Like. Um, like uh, people does it in different ways but um, in my case um, when we go skating we always um, like most of the time we do like full runs that um, you are maybe at least uh, one minute going down a hill you can also do like corner sessions it's basically just uh, staying in one corner and yeah, you, you just uh, practice one corner and that's it. Like, it's more like for chill sessions when you go maybe with some chairs and you just want to put some music and that, all the, all the other stuff. But uh, when you do like full runs, it's important to know that you are like skating on open road. So that's, that means that there's always traffic and and you cannot like bump a hill without knowing what is happening in the front of the like or, or or what even is happening happening in the next corner so what we do is like um, we have a car that um, uh, goes in in the front and the driver uh, has a walkie-talkie so every five seconds more or less he tells us if everything is free so we we do it like uh, every five seconds because it's also a way to to see that the connection is working that we are not losing losing the the frequency in a way so yeah uh, this uh, person basically tells us if there's a car coming up uh, a motorbike cyclist if there's people walking on the border of the of the road or if there's a stone, if the pavement is wet, doesn't matter. Like everything that can affect the run that you are doing, then uh, you you try to inform it. Like uh, and and yeah, like we 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 just like nowadays everybody has a driving license, so it's also cool because uh, I do like the first run with the car then my next friend does the the run with the car so we all skate as much as the others and yeah and obviously there's also like uh, stuff that we cannot control like um, maybe i'm going down with the car and everything is free nothing strange is happening but then i pass a corner and after passing the corner there's maybe I don't know, uh, a, a cow coming to the road. Like some stuff can happen. You are also normally in the nature. Sometimes in Mallorca, we also skate like uh, very rich uh, neighborhoods close to the coast. And those normally don't have anything related with animals. But maybe if you are like, uh, I don't know, in, in a main mountain, you you will also cross with animals and it's maybe something you you cannot control so when like at least in my case when i skate open traffic i i like to risk it in a way but i have my limit like i never go i i, I never do a run at 100 percent. like giving everything i have from myself to try to do it as good as possible i i go fast i also yeah try new stuff or new lines i i had in mind but um 
I know I'm not in a closed road or in an in an event, so um, I think it's not worth it to to be always in that hundred percent because um, you can go maybe eighty percent and have the same fun, and maybe in one corner instead of doing two slides, uh, sorry, instead of doing one slide, you two you do two slides and that's it, and you can have the same amount of fun even if you did one more slide so yeah i think it's just something you can you need to control because also uh, adrenaline is very addictive and once you are like going down and like skating a fast road or doing like very long slides it gives you so much adrenaline that you just don't want to stop but i think that's like the 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 like the i don't know how to explain it but like the dangerous part of doing it that in that moment you have to to talk to yourself and say like okay you are killing this run you're doing like very long slides uh, slides or you you are taking like perfect lines like formula one but uh, dude uh, take care don't forget that you are skating like a open road so even even if i'm telling now all that stuff i also had like risky moments where maybe i decided to risk more and i had like close calls in a way like i remember that once i went into a corner like at 80 kilometers uh, kilometers per per hour i don't know how many miles that are but uh, yeah it's kind of fast and i knew that i was risking too much but i still decided to do it and at the end they had like a very close call with the with the car that was coming up it he was more on my lane than on his lane but anyways um, in that moment that doesn't matter like if i hit the car I hit the car and maybe I break something or even die. So in that moment I passed, nothing bad happened. But when when I had this situation, I was like, well, I think I'm very lucky right now because I didn't crash. And if I would have crashed, maybe I would be now in a hospital or not even walking anymore I, I don't know maybe i'm now putting like the the worst examples but you know you never know what can happen so uh yeah like uh, just trying to take care and even if you don't risk or give every everything you have and it doesn't matter like then you have like also the events where you know that the traffic is closed and where you can also risk it a, a bit more. You also have like hail bales that are like the, the main protections they put on the corners in case you you slip out or whatever. So I think it's also a good area to feel more comfortable uh, comfortable and maybe try to to go a bit faster, to slide a bit more all that stuff you know but um at the end it's uh it's an extreme sport so everybody that does an extreme sport knows that even if you take or try to take care of everything you will never have everything under control but that's part of the game it's like also if you are hiking a mountain maybe the the string that is holding you can break and and then you fall from 30 meters or I don't know. It's always something that you don't know if it can happen or not. So it's it's the, the first decision you take of, of, of trying to do an extreme sport. So it's something that it's like a contract you have to sign with your insurance, like life insurance, like shit can happen but you can also have a lot of fun so you want to sign it or not that's the 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 way <laughs> yeah i think i think it's important for the listeners to know what all goes into the safety with this because you're you're just like riding 
public roads doing all this stuff um i know that i know that you travel quite a bit for this because these hills are you're in the city and the these hills are probably you know a hour or two outside of where you live uh in in some of the images i was looking on your account you have tents and stuff set up so when you're going to these how long are you actually going to skate these hills for and how many people are you normally going with mm -hmm. well um if i'm in mallorca uh, we are very lucky because, well, even if Mallorca is the biggest Iceland we have in Spain, everything is very close. Like, if you are originally from Mallorca, if I tell you to go to, to Alcudia, which is a village in the north part of the Iceland, everybody will say, uh, say you like, oh no, man, that's too far away. I don't want to drive 45 minutes. But, um, you don't even need to drive uh, 45 minutes. We have, uh, like, our local road is a military road. It's a military base. And the army even already knows us. Like, they they are super chill, super cool. They don't mind if we go skating. They even know that we are always with our radios on, like the, the walkie-talkies. And sometimes they hear our frequencies. So they know that we are currently skating, even if they are not there. So it's kind of fun. And uh, this road, for example, is just uh, five minutes away from my house. Like obviously by car, but uh, in five minutes, I already have uh, maybe 3.4 kilometers long road with the perfect pavement, all type of corners. So yeah. Um, if I'm in Mallorca, it doesn't take too much time, depending also on which road you want to skate. But uh, if I have you to mentioned going on some, you mentioned going on some tours, though, where you might be out for two weeks at a time. Uh, can you tell us how that normally goes, where you're sleeping, and uh, sure, how far sure, you yeah. travel in these time <laughs> periods? Yeah, um, well, like the the main trip we do uh, we do is called the Euro Tour. Uh, Euro Tour is the name we give to the trip we do in summer, because in summer most of the events happen. So it it depends on you, like how much time you wanna travel. Like uh, maybe the main. There are, there are always like main events and then there are also a lot of secondary events like small events that they do maybe in the village of France like uh, France is actually one of the countries that does uh, most of the free rides like a free ride is a normal event where you just go to have fun and meet new people or just meet friends you have in other countries so it's a a good uh, point to meet other people that is maybe one of like um, i have very good friends that i see maybe once or twice every year but uh, even if we don't see us that much when when we are there we we enjoy it that much that uh, it feels like I, I saw this person like just uh, two weeks ago. So it's very cool. But yeah, basically there are like the, the main events, which are also like competitions. And they are like organized in a row. Like maybe the first one is in Italy. The second one is in France. The third one is in, I don't know, Slovenia. And we have also normally one in Romania. So it, it depends on you, like if you have enough money and enough uh, free time to do like the whole Euro tour, you are maybe traveling like uh, two months or even more. And uh, yeah, you are just uh, in some random countries in the middle of the nature most of the time, and just living on a tent, uh, washing your clothes on a river or in a lake um, cooking your food with with the camping gas and yeah just living like this 
nature lifestyle there's also people that prefers to to stay like in a motel or whatever because it's at the end obviously more comfortable but uh, i don't know like uh, personally i like the vibe of camping it's also something that i always enjoyed and i also got in love with this uh, type of sport because it's for me it's not just only a, a sport it's also like a lifestyle because um, i discovered so many countries just with a piece of wood i met so many people uh, I, I learned a lot of things from myself and yeah i, I focused it more like a lifestyle than just an extreme sport because it ho it offers way more than just adrenaline and and that's it so yeah, you are just um, camping, meeting a lot of people. There's people leaving. There's people coming, and also like do you normally, when you do these tours, how many people do you normally run into or or travel with? Um, it depends. Like uh, you normally go always in the same car. Like for example, in two thousand eighteen. I did like a three weeks uh, trip with some friends from Mallorca and we went with a car from Mallorca to to Slovenia. So it's like a 23 hours drive more or less, or maybe a bit less, maybe 19, I don't remember, but I don't remember it because I was having so much fun on the journey that it was like a short trip. And also once I did like a, a trip of 10 hours in a row and it felt like four hours because I, even if you're in the car like uh, yeah just with the music having a lot of fun with your friends and you can also stop in different places to also do like a bit of uh, tourism but yeah i normally drive like with maximum three people or four and uh, once we arrive to an event mm, we see a lot of people like um, for example the one i mentioned in slovenia uh, i don't know i think we are like 200 riders wow staying okay. there for like uh, five days like the, the also the the events uh, are different also like on the days like a few are like maybe five days others are just two days others are three days so it depends but this one is uh, always uh, five days if i'm not wrong back in the days it used to be uh two weeks because this event is called the uh, K&K longboard camp so it's like a camp like a summer camp in a way so uh yeah i don't know i never sp spent that uh, so so much time there i spent normally five or six days but yeah it's just a uh, five or six days of pure fun skating an awesome road that has 18 corners you are just in the middle of nowhere like we go to a village that is called uh, Oselnica, and it's in close to the border of croatia and i don't know like the landscapes are georges uh, you just are skating during the morning and the afternoon then after skating you go to the lake to have a bath uh, everybody comes with you everybody puts music you you share some beers i don't know like it's it's very familiar like it's also something i like because it's not uh, a very big international community but i think that makes it also a bit more special because it's obviously an international sport and there's always people that you still don't know or you haven't met but uh, you normally know most of the community so it feels like a big family and uh, I maybe met one or two persons that I didn't like or were just rude or whatever. But normally everybody is super kind, super friendly. 
um, that also likes to share the same vibes than you. And yeah, you are just cruising around. Um, maybe the first week you are in Italy because the first event is there. And then the next one is maybe in France, but it's the, the, the next weekend maybe. So you still have like five days between those two events to maybe go to famous mountain passes, which is also like something typical that we skate. Doesn't matter if it's like mountain passes from Switzerland, from France, from Spain, whatever. And also there are also a lot of legendary roads that you know that if you go there, you will probably see some other skaters just chilling there for a couple of days until heading to the next event. And that's how the Euro Tour goes. And depends on your budget, depends on how much time you have. And when you have to leave, you have to leave, which is always a very sad moment because you always have to say goodbye to a lot of people. But yeah, it's part of it. And when you arrive back home, you don't even know what the bed is because you spend maybe two weeks uh, sleeping on a tent. And, and yeah, it's even funny to arrive back home having like a normal shower, a dishwasher, uh, a kitchen to cook. So yeah, you, you just like, you just arrive and you're already waiting for, for the next summer to, to keep like living great moments with people that shares like the, the same passion than you. Yeah, going, going back to the fact that this is still a pretty small community, I feel like even though a lot of people are starting to hear about downhill skateboarding, longboarding, it's still a pretty underground sport. I mean, it's not, it's not in the Olympics. It's not in, it's, I think it's in X games and stuff like that, but it is a very small, close knit group of people. And because there's not a lot of events around the world, you get those 200 people. And I bet those are people from all over the world. You probably have a lot of people from California, the United States, mm -hmm. Europe. I think you. I think there's a scene in Australia and as well. So, mm, yeah, are, are you getting a chance to meet a lot of the you know famous people that you follow in the scene? Yeah, exactly. It's also funny because maybe you you meet some Aussie guys, and even if if you go back home and just saw them two days they are like family already like if you go to australia and you don't have a place to stay it doesn't matter that you already know that you have a, a home there like uh, there there's somebody waiting at his or her house with the door open because they know that you are arriving and and you maybe don't have a place to stay so it's cool because um even if you meet normally the people on events, these uh, same people they will also visit you on your on your country or in your home city. Doesn't matter. Like, okay, um, you are from Mallorca. Okay, I I was always interested in visiting this island. So maybe um, in two months or three months I can go and you show me around and. And they come visit you, and then when they leave, you go visit them to to the city or country they are from, and yeah, make like a lot of connections. So it's it's also very very funny, like in, in that way. But yeah, the the community is not big, and sometimes I even prefer it because everybody knows everybody and even if there are a lot of competitions um, it's always like a nice competition there's n never like people that they just focus on your set on themselves and they just want to win and don't give a fuck about the rest of the people like the, they they have like racing mentality but they are still stoked if your friend wins uh international competition and you just tell yourself like okay you did a great job now you just have to improve a bit more 
and maybe you are the next time in the podium instead of your friend so it's it's like very healthy in a way it's not very like uh, like bad competition i don't know how to explain it no that makes perfect sense uh yeah before we wrap up is there is there any stories that you would like to tell it like when you're talking about longboarding what are the favorite stories that come to mind good or bad um i don't know what's the first thing that comes to mind man i have so many stories but uh well uh once in 2019 um a lot of friends from Madrid, which is the capital of Spain and Barcelona. Uh, no, B Barcelona, not. No, all, all were, were from Madrid, sorry. Uh, they came visit us to Mallorca because for the people from Madrid, uh, Mallorca was always something very attractive. So they they already came a few, a few times before this time in 2019. But in, in 2019, we had like a sick time. They came for a week and it was Eastern. So in Eastern, here in Spain, we normally have one week of holidays. And we just have an awesome week of just uh, vibing and skating all around the island. And like the community in, in Mallorca, is something that I still didn't mention, but uh, back in the days we were a lot, like maybe 30 people skating on Friday, just uh, stupid straight. But uh, with the past of the time, a lot of people quit. Some others just got interested in some other stuff. Some others maybe crashed and hurt they, themselves and started to, to stop. So nowadays from Mallorca, we are only maybe four or five people that still skates a lot. Like there's sometimes people that skates maybe three times every year, but it's not like consistent. Like riders that are consistent in Mallorca are maybe five people or four. So when when we had when we we had the visit of these guys from from madrid and uh, was super cool because suddenly we were like doing runs of maybe nine people or something like that which was for us like something that we couldn't imagine anymore because yeah like we normally just uh, skate like two or three together during a during a run and one is driving and now suddenly you you have like you look back and you have like eight more heads just watching you and going for the next corner so yeah, that was a very great time and also but if i if i need to to tell all the stories i have this but uh, this podcast will never finish but uh also like all Euro tours in general are always like amazing because every each Euro tour is different you start in a different uh, place you end in a different place you meet different people and yeah you also go to magical places like uh, as I told you before um, we skate normally open roads and uh, also that we like something else that we like to skate are the mountain passes which is also uh, open traffic but it's like the roads that connect big mountains and uh, yeah they, they are normally like amazing hills with georgia's views uh, very good pavement so i always like to go to to two mountain passes that are in France. One is called uh, Col de la Bonnet, which was back in the days, uh, the highest mountain road in, uh, sorry, the highest uh, mountain pass in Europe. Now it's another one, I don't remember, but the place at itself is like so beautiful and um, 
you are maybe like skating, uh, like doing a run of 35 minutes and you are surrounded by friends and in this, like, this is like a legendary road, for example. And um, even if you go there after an event without knowing that somebody else is going, it doesn't matter. You know that you will meet somebody there. And at the end, you are maybe doing like runs of 10, 15 people just going down a hill. And then you go to the camping side and you do like a big fire, uh, you just put music, have some beers, uh, tell different stories. I don't know, it's just a vibe. It's it's difficult to explain it because I think you have to live it. But um, yeah, all my Euro tours were magical and yeah, and what I really appreciate is also like the, the place that uh, downhill skateboarding takes me to because Col de la Bonnet, for example, has also like bunkers from the Second World War. And you can visit them. Some of the floors are full of snow because you are maybe on a, a latitude of 2,800 meters or something like that. So it's very cold and you are also like visiting something historical or then you go to another place which has also like something characteristic or like special that not other places have and and yeah that's it like uh, i definitely have too many stories to tell about but uh, in general like all the journeys i have with my skateboard are amazing this summer for example i was now working almost for a year and um, i took like a week of holidays because we had uh, two two friends from the us visiting us to like uh, to do like a one month trip so they spent uh, one week in mallorca we showed them around then they went to Granada, where I'm currently living, which is the south of Spain. And well, I was not able to join at that point of the trip. But then the next uh, destination was uh, Portugal. So I met them in Portugal and I just spent one week. But uh, it was also like a magical week, like exploring the whole country. We started like in Lisbon and we went all up and yeah that, that trip is was also like unique and magical and offered like other stuff that maybe other trips didn't offer and and yeah like each uh, journey i do is is amazing basically that's the the summary of my of my best experiences in a way I love it, man. I, I can see it in your voice, on your face. If you're watching, uh, you are definitely passionate about this. Uh, you're, if, if, if people are to check out your pages and stuff, you can see some of these incredible views and slides and stunts that you and your friends are performing. Um, yeah, I'm just, I love hearing about these different communities that people build around these intense hobbies and adventures that, that they find. Mm -hmm. And yours is no different. I, I really appreciate you coming on and, and speaking with me. Um, why don't you go ahead and tell the listeners where they can find you, um, you know, give any shout outs that you want, and then uh, we'll close it down. Okay. Well, the shout out is basically for all my friends that are into this uh, sport because they showed me how amazing it is and well for those that want to check maybe my instagram profile it's called uh, carlos c-a-r-l-o-s-a-a -A. and if you write that you will probably see already my face on on the profile and yeah basically carlos alvarez with two a's at the beginning of alvarez uh, i'll link to it when i when i post this podcast too so people will be able to locate it from right. that all right, but yeah, um, for, just for those that want to check my content, I'm one of these guys that is kind of lazy sometimes to post uh, new stuff, 
but I also have like amazing friends that are maybe filmmakers that work like I have a friends that work maybe for GoPro and do like way more better <laughs> uh, videos than I well uh, once you check my profile you can also see the comments start to explore by your own a bit who this person is and what this person has done on a skateboard too and, and yeah like um, everybody is is different in this community and that's also nice because everybody shows you something different and and yeah that's it i don't know so thank you also for inviting me it was it felt like so short but at the at the end we also talked about a lot of stuff and yeah for those that are maybe interested in trying this uh, sport you can definitely send me a message or let me know if you need any advertisements or or if you just want to know a bit more about this uh, sport um, you guys are always welcome to ask me and and that's it and uh, the last thing i want to say is that well i i still didn't see any of your podcast so i don't know what other content you already uploaded but uh well doesn't matter if you also did like podcast with people that does like extreme sports or whatever i always say that the important thing is to find something that makes you feel alive and in my case i got lucky and i found it with this uh, sport but um, this doesn't mean that you need to try it no it doesn't matter you just have to find what what you love like something that you could always do on your in your free time or even if it would be your work so yeah i just hope that everybody has something in their lives that make them feel as much alive as as me when i'm skating and, and yeah so that's it shout out to all the people that watch your podcast i hope they enjoy them now I have also some free time now that I finished my exams. So I will definitely also check a bit more your profile and hear some other podcasts you already did because there's always uh, interesting stuff that I like to listen. And I love podcasts. So yeah, I will definitely check them out. And, and yeah, that's it. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the High Quality Fun Podcast. If you guys enjoyed this show, please give us a follow. And if you have a good story or just want to say hi, feel free to reach out to us on Instagram or YouTube. Thanks for listening.